The Bible Study Podcast, episode 567. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of the kings of Israel and Judah with 2 Kings 3. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. We continue the study of 2 Kings. And we have a king of both Israel and Judah today, just as I promised. This chapter is titled, Moab Revolts. Joram, son of Ahab, became king of Israel in Samaria in the 18th year of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, and reigned 12 years. He did evil in the eyes of the Lord, but not as his father and mother had done. He got rid of the sacred stone of Baal that his father had made. Nevertheless, he clung to the sins of Jeroboam, son of Nabat, which he had caused Israel to commit, he did not turn away from them. And so we get this introduction of Joram, and the best that the Bible can say about him is, you know, he's not as bad as his dad, uh, because his dad Ahab and Jezebel, his mother, were particularly evil, having killed a lot of the prophets, having really put all their money behind the worship of Baal and Asherah. And so he does get rid of one of the sacred stones, but he still is committing what we call that sin of Jeroboam. Basically, that sin that says, if we go back and worship the one true God, then I'm afraid politically people will go back to the king of Judah. And so they are putting again their power ahead of their principle. Continues, now, Misha, king of Moab, raised sheep, and he had to pay the king of Israel a tribute of a hundred thousand lambs and the wool of a hundred thousand rams. But after Ahab died, the king of Moab rebelled against the king of Israel. So at that time, King Joram set out from Samaria and mobilized all Israel. He also sent this message to Jehoshaphat, king of Judah. The king of Moab has rebelled against me. Will you go with me to fight against Moab? I will go with you, he replied. I am as you are, my people as your people, my horses as your horses. By what route should we attack, he asked. Through the desert of Edom, he answered. So the king of Israel set out with the king of Judah and the king of Edom. After a roundabout march of seven days, the army had no more water for themselves or for the animals with them. What, exclaimed the king of Israel, has the Lord called us three kings together only to deliver us into the hands of Moab? But Jehoshaphat asked, Is there no prophet of the Lord here, through whom we may inquire of the Lord? An officer of the king of Israel replied, Elisha, son of Shephath, is here. He used to pour water on the hands of Elijah. Jehoshaphat said, The word of the Lord is with him. So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat and the king of Edom went down to him. Elisha said to the king of Israel, Why do you want to involve me? Go to the prophet's of your father and the prophets of your mother. No, the king of Israel answered, because it was the Lord who called us three kings together to deliver us into the hands of Moab. Elisha said, as surely as the Lord Almighty lives, whom I serve, if I did not have respect for the presence of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, I would not pay any attention to you, but now bring me a harpist. While the harpist was playing, the hand of the Lord came to Elisha, and he said, This is what the Lord says. I will fill this valley with pools of water, for this is what the Lord says. You will see neither wind nor rain, yet this valley will be filled with water, and you, your cattle, and your other animals will drink. This is an easy thing in the eyes of the Lord. He will also deliver Moab into your hands. You will overthrow every fortified city and every major town. 
You will cut down every tree, stop up all the springs, and ruin every good field with stones. The next morning, about the time for offering the sacrifice, there it was, water flowing from the direction of Edom, and the land was filled with water. And so there's this revolt from the people of Moab, from the king of Moab. Basically, he sees that Ahab, who was a tough king, has died and his son has taken over. And this is the time you want to revolt when there's a new king, when there is this change of power and you've got this young, untested king. And so he does. And the king of Israel calls for help and he calls for help to the king of Judah, to Jehoshaphat, and also to the king of Edom. And they go out and they decide, where are we going to attack? We're going to attack through the desert of Edom. And as they're walking through the desert of Edom, they start running out of water. And they're thinking, oh no, we've been brought out here to to die. The Lord is going to deliver us into the hands of Moab. Well, Jehoshaphat says, isn't there a prophet we can ask? And someone remembers Elisha and says, Elisha is here. And Jehoshaphat says, that's the guy. We know that he is a prophet of God. Let's go ask him. Now, it's interesting because Joram is in with this idea. His father wanted nothing to do with Elijah, but Joram is not his father. He's he's not as bad as his father, again, is what the Bible says about him. And so he goes as well. They inquire of Elisha, and they say, you know, what's going on here? Did the Lord bring us out here to die? And he says, well, I'm going to pay attention to you because you brought Jehoshaphat. Basically, Jehoshaphat, who is a good king in Judah, who is worshiping the one true God, who is remembering that when you get in trouble, or even when you're not in trouble, that it's a good idea to inquire of the Lord. It's basically a good idea to find out what God wants, what God is doing, and to take that direction. It's a very good idea then. It was a very good idea now. And so they go to the prophet. He has a harpist play, which I thought was just an interesting little detail. And while the harpist is playing, somehow in the music, God speaks to him. I don't know if it's your experience, but I find that when I go to church on Sunday morning, it is not always in the sermon that God speaks to me. Sometimes he speaks to me in those beautiful words of either old hymns or modern praise songs. And so God still can speak to us through music. Anyway, in the midst of that, God speaks and he says, I'm going to bring water to this valley. And and this is an interesting little tidbit because we're going to see why in a bit here. He says, I'm going to fill the valley with water so that you can drink, but there will be no rain. And that will be significant in a moment here, but just hang on for a second. It says, I'm going to fill it without there being rain. And water comes in from Edom. And I like that he says, it's this is what the Lord says. This is an easy thing in the eyes of the Lord. Oh, by the way, I'm also going to deliver Moab into your hands and tells them basically to stop up the springs and ruin the fields and cut down trees and such. There's going to be some punishment for Moab. But I like this. This is an easy thing in the eyes of the Lord. God sometimes likes to show off. And I don't mean that in a God is proud sort of way, but God is trying to do the most important thing here. And the most important thing is not Moab. The most important thing is his relationship with his people. And his people here is not just Judah, but it's also Israel. So this is yet one more chance for God to demonstrate both his love for them and his power. And so he's going to do this weird thing. He's going to fill up this valley with water without making it rain. And it's easy, he says, because God 
is a powerful God, and he's trying to get that across, especially here to Joram, the king of Israel, because he's listening. And there's not enough opportunities when Joram or when the king of Israel is actually listening to God. And he's going to use this opportunity to once again demonstrate his power. And so it continues. Now all the Moabites heard that the kings had come to fight against them. So every man, young and old, who could bear arms was called up and stationed on the border. When they got up Early in the morning, the sun was shining on the water. To the Moabites across the way, the water looked red, like blood. That's blood, they said. Those kings must have fought and slaughtered each other now to the plunder, Moab. But when the Moabites came to the camp of Israel, the Israelites rose up and fought them until they fled. And the Israelites invaded the land and slaughtered the Moabites. They destroyed the towns, and each man threw a stone on every good field until it was covered. They stopped up all the springs and cut down every good tree. Only Kir Haraseth was left with its stones in place, but armed men with slings surrounded it and attacked it. When the king of Moab saw that the battle had gone against him, he took with him seven hundred swordsmen to break through to the king of Edom, but they failed. Then he took his firstborn son, who was to succeed him as king, and offered him as a sacrifice on the city wall. The fury against Israel was great. They withdrew and returned to their own land. And so the Moabites, because they didn't see rain, but they see this water, they don't know what they're looking at. So that's the significance of it didn't rain, is this caught them by surprise that this valley in the desert would be filled with water. That is not a normal thing. And so because of that, they make this incorrect assumption that what they're seeing when they see that red is blood. And so they come into what turns out to be a trap, a trap not set by Israel, but set by God. Now, one of the things that you always have trouble with here in dealing with the Old Testament and dealing with places like Moab where they're supposed to cut down the trees and ruin the fields and stop up the wells and such is, why is God so mad at Moab? And I think you get a little glimpse of this. Again, remember one of the reasons why God hates the worship of Baal and Asherah even more so than any other false god or even more so than usual is this child sacrifice thing. And that's what the king of Moab does, in fact, when he finds himself in this tough situation is he sacrifices his firstborn son. And this is part of the reason why they're fighting at all. Now, one of the things you have to remember is all of these people are related. This region is filled with people who are relatives of Abraham. The Israelites and the the people of Israel and the people of Judah are, of course, descendants of Israel, descendants of uh, Jacob. The Edomites are descendants of Esau. And the Moabites and the Ammonites, actually also, are descendants of Lot. And Lot is the one who is going to be Abraham's heir, his cousin, until he had his son. So all distant relatives... And I'm not sure that that's particularly relevant to the story, but I thought you might be interested in that as well. But what we see here again is that when they found themselves in trouble, even the Israelites this time turned to a prophet of God, turned to God and said, how can you get us out of here? Now, better yet would have been to turn to God beforehand and say, what route should we go and how should we do this and should we go attack? That would be better for them 
that would have been better for them. And again, prayer ahead of time is good for us. Lord, what do you want me to do in this situation? What's next? With that, we're going to end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com, or better yet, leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com. And thanks so much for listening. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. God looks at your heart, not your gene size. Do you know the verses yet still stress over your body? Oh, I get it. I was raised in church, but I struggled with food, eating disorders, and my body for decades. I'm Heather Creekmore, host of the Compared To You podcast, where we talk about all things body image and comparison from a biblical perspective. We get real about the pressure to focus on appearance in a culture where looks seem to matter most. Whether you're wrestling wrinkles or battling the scale, Compared To Who is the show for you. You'll laugh a little and be encouraged a lot. If you're ready to stop comparing and start living, visit lifeaudio.com to listen and subscribe.